everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, and a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Matthew 5, verses 17 through 19. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture, and we are talking about a question I actually had for my mom, and it's basically diving into the Old Testament, like why does the Old Testament even matter to us as a New Testament believer, you know, as people who follow Jesus and love Jesus. So we dive into all the things and I throw last minute questions at her and um, she hated it. (laughs) But we are really glad that you're here. So we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, mom. So I've enjoyed these questions. Have you enjoyed the questions? Sure. I sure have. Oh. Well, that is so overwhelming. I mean, I, okay, I mean, let me, calm down now, Kara. Calm down about the questions. It's not that exciting. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I have questions myself. <laughs> well, I know we it's all. so surprising because I have, you know, I finally got my graduate degree in theology <laughs> in the mail the other day. I know, finally. So, yes, I really, I have genuinely enjoyed the questions because mm-hmm. I feel like it, I don't know. I, I think it, I feel like it's not just you and I sitting at the table, you know, like mm-hmm. it's yeah. other people joining yeah. in. But oh, I, I did have a question that I don't even, it's one of these questions where I'm like, I don't know if anyone else has ever thought this or not. And it could be, I don't know, we'll just roll with it and see. But I was genuinely mm-hmm. curious when we were, you know, we were going through our Bible reading for the year and we are in numbers. But back with, you know, Exodus and Leviticus, I had I had some thoughts. And so I thought about the thought, I'll just write it down and ask you on here instead of instead of just calling you and asking you, because I thought maybe someone else has thought this. So so here's the question. It it kinda I'm gonna read because there's kind of two parts with it. Um, and I'm just gonna read the whole thing because I think we can just kinda it's they're all both of them it goes together. But okay. It really it has to do with the laws that are in the Old Testament. And I know uh-huh. that Jesus came to fulfill the law, that we are, you know, as New Testament believers after Jesus, after Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, we are no longer bound by the law, which is what you just read. But here's my question. One, what is the difference between the Ten Commandments and all of the laws in Exodus and Leviticus? Because See the Ten Commandments, but then he goes on and on. I don't even know. There's so many. Like the laws about, mm-hmm. I don't even, all the things. And it seems like we reference the Ten Commandments a lot, even like today. You know, mm-hmm. we, it seems like we, we uphold those Ten Commandments to some degree, which I know Jesus spoke about some of them, like, you know, do not commit murder and, you know, loving God above all else. Like Jesus spoke on those things, but it seems like we mm-hmm. uphold the Ten Commandments, but we don't talk about the law because Jesus has fulfilled the law. So that's kind of one part of the question is like, just like the 10 commandments and the laws, is there a difference between them? 
that sort of thing. And then with that, as I was going through Leviticus, <laughs> I'm just like, why why do I care? <laughs> like, why do I need to, why am I reading about all of these laws? Like, why does it matter mm-hmm. to me as a New Testament believer? And I'm sure that there's a reason, but that was kind of basically like, you know, do they apply to us? Do they not apply to us? I'm assuming not because Jesus came to fulfill the law, so we don't have to do these laws. But then why are we, are we reading it just because it shows us more about what Jesus came, like obviously we, he came to be close. And anyway, I don't know if I'm even answering the question, but that was kind of my, I don't even know if that makes sense and how I'm asking it, but that was in just of what I was sure. thinking or wondering. Yeah. Well, that's a hard question. Yes, that's a hard question. And I should have known that it would be my daughter with the master's degree in theology that asked the question. But uh, let me go ahead and, and and I'm just going to go ahead and you know do a disclosure because I'm not an Old Testament scholar, nor am I a New Testament scholar. But this is what I do know about Scripture and the fact that, you know, we read about the Ten Commandments, we read about the laws. And really and truly, Jesus... Uh, condemned a lot of the Pharisees because they added to the laws. of They had so many more, like they would say, you know, keep the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees oh, would, you know, they did, well, no, they would do more. Like oh. they would decide when you could do a certain amount, or when you could walk, or when you could, oh, you know, I if see. your animal got caught, you know, then you, you know, you can go ahead and get the animal out of a, you know, uh, yeah, they like they took it too far. Basically, they took yeah. it too far, and 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 Jesus did condemn them and said, you know, you're you're you've got all these, and he put yoke. He talked about the yoke, like you put all these laws and these things on these people, the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the scribes, and you're not even abiding, you know, by them yourself. So, but I'm going to go back to your question in the fact that where it says that Jesus fulfilled the law, I want to talk about what's Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and what that is. It's talking about the holiness of God. And when you think about the character of God and and how holy God is, that we realize how sinful we are. And so the law was given to show us what sin is. Like, you know, how would I know? I think Paul says, how would I know what to do good unless I knew that what the law said was wrong? And... So this was getting up and heading toward, of course, the cross, which we're about to, you know, enter in, you know, Easter soon. But it's talking about oh, how yeah, that God, that. yeah, yeah, and but it, Leviticus and Numbers is showing us how holy God is. And so when we really step, step back and think about how holy and righteous God is, and how that God you know, has done what he did by sending his son so that we'd have a relationship with him, then you understand what this laws and these commandments were. Now, again, a lot of the commandments and the laws were for the Israelites on how to live in holiness. They And they would talk about don't touch dead people or don't, you know, that kind of things. Mm-hmm. In the fact, because God was about life and he was discussing, like, we don't want to have anything to do with death, or we don't want to, don't touch it, which seemed really strange, like, don't touch a dead body. And it's just a, an awareness about life and about holiness and how important it is. We just have gotten uh, so lax in our opinion about being able to approach the holiness of God through Jesus. So I think that a lot of the laws and stuff were there to show us how holy and how sin separated us, 
from God. And I think that that's so much the importance of all of the laws and the commandments. Um, You're asking a question. Yeah, because now I'm like, well, now I have more questions. Because a lot of the laws that are in Leviticus are about like clean and unclean animals or like Mm -hmm. purification after like, you know, women's menstruation or, you know, like that. And obviously Mm -hmm. that's not a sin, like being, I mean, because it's like, like it's not a sin to be like we have our, you know, monthly menstruation and then we, we have to like, Okay, so like, where's the sin again, in that? I guess is what. Yeah, I, not this, there's I, no he's sin not, in that. It, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But like, those are a lot of the laws. Is like cleanliness or purification or. But just remember, there are millions of people living together very close in the wilderness, and God's laws and a lot of the things that He you know restricted was to provide them health and taking care of. They didn't have doctors. They didn't have things. So a lot of the things that God gave them on how to live was to keep them healthy. Yeah, it's a mix of healthy, of like physical and spiritual right. in a way. But the point of a lot of it is death. Like Jesus came to give us life. So when he said, do not touch a dead person, what he was saying is he was doing that as a representation of how important it, it is to God about life and sin brings death. So there was it was almost like a symbolism of don't touch death. I want I'm about life. And then all the laws that you're talking about like cleanliness and nutrition and stuff was for the Israelites to be healthy, but the commandments were the things of God. The commandments was like righteous living. The commandments, the Ten commandments. was how to yes, it was how to live is a holiness to God. And it was never about salvation. It was never about that you could be saved if you did these things. It was always the blood of the animal. It was always uh, leading up to the shedding of the cross of Jesus fulfilling the law and the payment for our sin. So a lot of people do not think New Testament people, believers, should obey and worry about the Ten Commandments. When I read this, this is um, the scripture in uh, Matthew 5, that was from the Sermon on the Mount. Later on, Jesus talks about, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. But whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty of the court. So Jesus took a lot of the Ten Commandments and went and stretched it, said, you think you know, you should not commit adultery. I say, if you look at a woman as lust, you're right. committing adultery. Yeah. They say, it, you know, you should not murder. I say, if you hate someone that's like, and you're angry in your heart, that's murder. So mm-hmm. Jesus was literally saying, there's nothing you can do humanly to satisfy the sin issue. I am a holy God. God could not be anything but who he is. And if you were to approach God, which remember the holies of the holies and that what the priest had yeah. to do to just be able to even to approach a holiness of God, even this outer courts and stuff, if God was there and the glory was God, that meant that was holy. So they had to be, only the priest could go so far. So again, really and truly, Kara, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy is all about the holiness of God. When we get into the New Testament, we get into Hebrews, where it says that now we have a high priest, which is Jesus, who fulfilled the laws, who fulfilled the payment for sin. So it's about a holy God and sinful people. And that is, mm-hmm. and you know, we all need to deal with that because we all need to understand that the love of God, yes, 
because he loved us and wanted to have a relationship with us, he sent his son. Why? And you said this earlier, because he wanted us. He wanted a relationship with us. But sin Mm -hmm. separated that. So the law, all the commandments, and everything that was given before, it was almost like a measuring stick. You can't measure up. And you need need God. And that's why it's important to us, is we need to know we need God. We need to know that there's nothing that we can do to satisfy the payment of our sin. We can't do anything to make ourselves holy. We Mm -hmm. need a Savior, and that's what Jesus is about, and that's what Easter is about, and that's what the cross is about. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess when I read it— like sometimes I'm thinking, good gracious, like this is so much to remember. <laughs> like I'm glad I don't have <laughs> yeah. to live by this exactly. because I'm mm-hmm. like, there's just so, there's so many laws. Mm-hmm. And I do think like when I'm reading, you know, there's like laws for offerings. And I do read those and I think like that was Jesus. Like he, you know, we don't have to do sin offerings or peace offerings or um, whatever. There's more, but you know, he he was that offering, like he was the sacrificial lamb. But then, yeah, it's like you get into, and I, I it's like I'm reading it, and I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I tend to kind of skim through Leviticus mm-hmm. in particular because I know that it doesn't pertain to me in a way because I'm, you know, not living under the law because I'm a New Testament believer, as we all are. But at the same time, yeah, I'm like, why do I, why do I care? Like why am I having uh, to I read this? Um, and I know, and I know that there's a, I know there's a reason because it, if it's in scripture, you know, it's, and I feel like that with a lot of the Old Testament, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's important, and the New New Testament is. I mean, I think this every year where I'm like, we it, we don't get into the New Testament until October, so from January to October, we're reading the Old Testament. In other mm-hmm. words. It is long. <laughs> like there is a lot there. So it must be important. But I think that's always my question, you know, every year where I'm just like, and maybe, you know, there's a tediousness to it where it's just like, oh my gosh, here's another, you know, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. And I guess too, yeah, it's like reading it and seeing it like, I'm so glad God took care of this on my behalf because mm-hmm. oh, I could not measure, I can't. I can't. You can't measure all this. Well, let me tell you why <laughs> yeah. it's important to you and to me is that number one, we got to know that God takes holiness very seriously, and we don't. And all of those laws and all of those commandments to be able to enter into the presence of God, if you sinned, you could not. You'd have to go to the priest. The priest had to go and make uh, and represent the sins of the people to God, and God, you know, would forgive them. They'd have to cu- shed the blood. The importance of this, oh, so important, is that nowadays we don't live in a world where they want to call sin, sin. It is a blind spot, or it's just the way that I am, or I was never taught any different. So God's view of sin cost him his son. Our mm-hmm. view of God, if we don't see Well, him not even as, his view, it's it's just sin cost him his son. Well, it is, but it— well, it did cost him a son because he had to shed and he had to die for our sins. And that's why we read the Old Testament. The cross or the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins would not mean anything to us if we read that in Romans, if we didn't understand the Old Testament and what that meant. But the point of it is man has sinned against God. God is holy. And 
if you are going to have a relationship with God, if I'm going to have a relationship with God, if I'm going to be able to approach God in prayer, I had to deal mm-hmm. with the sin issue. And right. I could not pay for my own sin. I couldn't, you know, an, an animal can't pay for the sin. They cannot make us righteous. And because of Jesus' blood and because of the sin and, you know, the blood shed on the cross, mm-hmm. we can enter into the presence of a holy God because of Jesus, because yeah. He is righteous and holy. We're not. And so, so it's very important yeah. today to realize that. So while we're while I'm reading, which I'm through Ludovic, Leviticus now, but we still have numbers in Deuteronomy, as I'm reading that, it's really just reading that, remembering, like this is, like it's almost like maybe even a gratitude in a sense of like, I don't have to live by this anymore. Like this is what mm-hmm. I would have to do in order to be close to God. And I don't have to do that anymore. All I have to do now is accept Jesus as my Savior and, you know, follow Him. I think that for me, when I was reading it, I was reading it as like, God, you're holy, and I could never have a relationship with you if it weren't for Jesus. That's yeah. what Leviticus numbers and stuff says. And so I need to confess my sins. I need on a daily basis. I sin all the time. But the overall salvation justified. I'm justified. I'm made right with God. Now, right. you know, we know in Genesis 3 where our relationship, where sin came into the world and it separated man from God. And God from Genesis 3 on, what you're reading, all of that, is God's pursuit for us. So we can't right. yeah. enter into a presence of a holy God because we're sinners. And I think right. that's where we, we've we lost sight of just being, knowing how important yeah. it is to recognize that we're sinners and yeah. that we so that wrote, God is holy. I wrote down two more questions while you were talking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> so one question is, why do you think we don't take sin seriously as a people? We don't want to admit that we're sinners. That is a humbling experience. That means that we would have to bow and to a holy God. That would mean that we'd have to give an account to a holy God, and we don't want to— we don't want to do that. Our so, pride, basically. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's why we don't want to call sin. I think it makes us yeah. feel uncomfortable. Don't call me a sinner. I'm just I'm just a, a product of my culture. Or, right. You know, it's, it's a problem. Which it would be, I mean, that yeah, that would be difficult to do if we didn't have a Savior that's like, no, but I, I still love you. I still like you. I still die for you. I still want you. Like that doesn't. Like just because we are a sinner doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think that like helps me too. Is like, yeah, like when I feel, if I start to feel shame in my sin, I have to remind myself of like, no, but he still is drawing near to me. He still wants me. He still died for me. You know what I mean? Like, because I think that sometimes. Well, of course. But if you didn't know that God was holy, if you didn't well, know yeah. how important holiness is, that makes the love of God and the love for you even more powerful. Like, you know, it says, you know, some might die for friends, but God right. died, but he died for, for, his the un- yeah. for his enemies and for the people that, you know, sinned against him. So when you think about the holiness of God and he still loves you and he still yeah. wants to have a relationship with you, it's one thing for another person to love you. And that's hard to get anybody to love you or really truly love you unconditionally in this world. And I don't care if you're married or not married, that it's still oh, yeah. difficult for people to 
to love you unconditionally, and it's hard for us to love unconditionally. Right. But we're we're both sinners. But right. for a holy God that has never sinned and hates right, sin. to feel so undeserving. Like that makes me I'm like, oh gosh, like what did I do to deserve it? It's like, well, nothing. You just nothing. You are. And that's the yeah. yeah. And to to know of and that's why it's so sad that we take for granted the holiness of God. We don't really talk that much about it. We talk about the forgiveness of God and the love of God. Mm-hmm. But the the most miraculous thing is that the love of God and the forgiveness of God comes from a holy God. Right. I mean, I think that that's what's that's why we need to know this today. People are, are looking around wanting to feel loved and wanting to feel seen and wanting to feel valued. What if, you know, you just took a moment to say, wow, God, a holy God that's never sinned. Loves me. Well, I think that too is because I think so many people are like, why does it? Why does it matter in a way? Like, okay, God, you know, Jesus loves me or whatever. So mm-hmm. That gets thrown around and it doesn't have a lot of importance. But I think when you see the true state of your humanity, of like your sinfulness, your you know, because I think a lot of us mm-hmm. feel entitled. There's an entitlement of yeah. like, well, of course, you know, like I. Well, everybody you know, does I it. Everybody, yeah. yeah. We 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 so downplay. Our anger, our unbelief, our unforgiveness, our bitterness. We so downplay it because we are looking at someone else as a sinner and say, Well, they did the, they do the same thing or they did this to me or but when you look at the face of God and you realize how holy he is, and mm-hmm. that was what the law was for. The law was to to show them that there was nothing in them that would ever be able to satisfy the payment of sin. And that's that's where you look at Leviticus and Numbers and mm-hmm. Deuteronomy is that you just got to look at the holiness of God to mm-hmm. understand the love of God and to understand the cross. Another question that came up while you were talking, um, and this one I don't, <laughs> uh, just I'm sorry ahead of time. And no warning, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it just came up while you were talking. Yeah. I sometimes, so I, I think I just accept the fact that like, you know, Jesus had to die for our sins in order for us to have a relationship with him. Like there had to be a sacrifice, mm-hmm. a perfect sacrifice. Like I understand that in theory, like I just accept that to be true, but I don't really understand why to begin with. Like why did, why is that even a thing <laughs> that there had to be a perfect sacrifice? Like where did that does that make sense what I'm asking? Like, yeah. I accept it. I, 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 like, I, I just choose to accept it. But when I really think about it, sometimes I'm like, but then why, like, why did, why was that even like a thing to begin with? Where, like, how did that even happen? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know that I can explain it a whole lot, but ironically, I'm reading the book, The Cross of, of Jesus, The Cross of Christ, and it's by John uh-huh. Stout. S T O T T, and he talks about that. S T O U T, or S T O T S T O T T, and he talks about the uh, the cross of Christ, and he he really explains that like why why couldn't oh. Jesus just say forgive, and it'd be forgiven? Why does I mean God say that? Why does it have to be the blood of Jesus Christ and stuff? Yeah, like why did Jesus even have to come to begin with? Like it, yeah, mm-hmm. like couldn't he just like change that? Like he like changed that or make that not a thing or or like why was that even yeah like why is it even a principle to begin with or not principle but why did yeah anyway well I I think that again we can go back to the holiness of God 
and how that sin separates us. So just to say that you're forgiven without having a covering for the blood, the blood of the covering for your sin, I, I think that one of the things that I want to go back to is that what John Stott is talking about is how we have devalued God's holiness and how that we have uh, actually, you know, elevated our sinfulness. And mm-hmm. so there's such a gap in that. And so he was saying, you know, he was talking about why the cross, why why the shedding of the blood. And, you know, really and truly, all anything that we know is when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, that God, you know, killed the animal and covered Adam and Eve with the sin. Yeah. And so the blood has um, the DNA. The blood has life. The blood shows life, you know, like mm-hmm. in, in the blood. So It represents life. Yeah. Again, Right. So when Adam and Eve sinned, there was death. Death was entered in it. it said you're not, you know, you're not going to live because they were going to live. That's why they couldn't take of the fruit of the tree of life because they wouldn't live constantly, forever in sinfulness. So God shed the blood because if you see, so because it represents life, life. Yeah. And so again, I was talking about the, you know, the rules and the regulations and all that about not touching dead people. Jesus is about oh, yeah, life. And the laws, yeah. And, yeah. Right, and the laws. And the laws were never written to for salvation. The law was written to show them that they were a sinner. The commandments were written as a way of living in righteousness. That was as what the New Testament talks about is the way of righteousness. And those are the commandments that Jesus talks about, you know, on the mount. Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount, but but again, I just just want to remember that as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, death was entered in. Yeah, right. It's like so death right. entered in, and so now, so in order because there's death, yes, there and has to be blood life. is life. There's yes, so. it represents life. Yeah, now, so it's like a sin. You know, sin is a separation from God, and it's not just any blood. Like any life that can redeem that, right. it has to be perfect. There, ha- because yes. if it's if it's not perfect, then there's sin in that. Like it's tainted. So yes. it's almost like you know. Ca- I don't know if this is even. It just came to my mind, so this may not even be accurate. But it's like counterfeit money. It's like you have counterfeit mm-hmm. money. You can't pay. You can't replace that right. with other counterfeit money. It has to be real, the real thing. So I don't even know if that. But in my head, it's like okay, you can't you can't deal with sin with Blood that is of was from nature. a sinful nature, yeah. Which came you from, have to have come from Adam, and we say Jesus is second. Which is Adam why Mary had to be a virgin, right? Um, which mm-hmm. not that that's sin, but oh, because it couldn't. There, she's not perfect. Yeah. She is sinful, right? Yes. So that's yeah. why the Holy Spirit planted Jesus, you know, in, in right. the womb of Mary. So yeah, it was not conceived. He wasn't conceived, right, out of sin. Out of and there sin, is no right. sin or out of him. sinful nature. No, yeah, that's right. There's no sin in Jesus. There's nothing. Okay, that makes sense. Sinful about. I mean, Jesus. it doesn't. It's still like mind-boggling in a way. It's like I can't, like mm-hmm. it's crazy, but uh, that does make sense. And I guess like even in the Old Testament, when there's all these animal sacrifices, you know, animals aren't of sinful nature because they don't have a soul. Even though I like to choose to believe that my dogs do because they will be in heaven. <laughs> but. Um, which I know you hated. I just said that, but I just can't imagine life without them. The blood of the animals was had nothing to do with sin or no sin or that. It was just well, a symbol but you had of to Jesus's blood. 
but because no, because they'd have to go for the priest, and the priest had to go before God, and God would make it right. God was holy. Every sacrifice they did. Yes, yes, and so every you know, there's a lot of a lot of animals that had to die, and there was a lot of presenting to God that was holy. It was God that made that sin, forgave that sin. They would have to go before God, the priest would, and they would have to go before God and confess their sin, and they would present the animal's blood, but it was because of God and His holiness that presented the forgiveness. It was never the animal. It right. Was just a yeah, simple. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so... You're going to have to stop thinking because I, I, my brain stretched. <laughs> Did I mention I'm not a Bible scholar? But all I know is no, that I, for I me— No, I just am curious your thoughts. I know that it's not, know. you know, it's like you always say, like take what you're saying and take it to the Lord and see Write what he has down. to say. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just am more—I'm just curious your take on all of it. It's not like I'm like mm-hmm. you, you know, you're not Jesus. But Far you have studied it. it a lot, and I feel like you—yeah, and you under you understand— the principles in a way, but I do think that that makes sense. I I feel like I do understand it in a way that I never understood it before mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. the sin I'm glad and we the had life this conversation. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the life and the blood and like that blood couldn't be tainted in a way mm-hmm. or not. I don't mean in a way it couldn't be yeah. tainted. But yeah, I mean I could ask other questions, but I won't for the sake of your mind. But and not really about Why that, not? but just like in general because it's like it's just a. I just feel like it's just it's like if this was a movie. It's a crazy movie. It's a crazy story, mm-hmm. you know? So it's yeah. just like... What's the purpose and what's behind but, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe right. it because of what I've experienced in my own life. But anyway. I think that the key, you know, because people are like, why did I even... Like, just what you said. Why would I even read that? Why would I even uh, stumble through all of Leviticus and stuff? And, and you know, for many, many years, I felt the same thing. And I would put it on a Bible app and just have whoever is on the Bible app to read it to me because couldn't pronounce most of the names and what oh, was going yeah. on. But when I you know, shifted my view and started realizing, wait a minute, the seriousness of sin, the mm-hmm. cost of sin, and you compare that with the holiness of God, why would a holy God love me? Why would a holy God even care that he had a relationship with me? And he would go to, to such extent to prepare me to understand that I was a sinner mm-hmm. and that sin was separating me from God, from a holy God that loved me. But I had hope. And I had hope because Jesus came. He was the anger. He's the anger of our hope. He's, he's what gives us hope. We have a hope that we can enter into the presence of a holy God. I, I think this is what prayer is. I think that's the preciousness of prayer. I think being able to say, I get to go and talk to a holy God that loves me and cares for me. There's no one, no one. There will be no one, Kara, not even your mother, not even your father that will love you like Jesus does. I would want to, but I come from from a heart that, you know, is, that needs a Savior too. But when you right. think about not a holy God, yeah. no, and you think about a holy God that cares enough, that hates sin, he never winks at sin, he never excuses sin, he died for it. And yeah. and why? You talk about like why the cross, why that like why would God love me? And I think today we just have to realize that we need a savior and that God went to a lot of trouble 
even though he's God and he nothing is too difficult for him. But he really did a lot to rescue us back and to give us hope and to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. And I think that mm-hmm. that's when I look at Leviticus and Numbers is that there was nothing I could do, nothing I could do that would make things right with me and God because I was a sinner. And there was nothing that I could do that would make me in right standing and make me feel forgiven, live forgiven, and be able to forgive others. I think, you know, we started this conversation, what does it matter? What does it matter today if we do the commandments and or do the law? Or, you know, well, why read, why read all the why laws? Read all yeah, that. that was my question, yeah. And, and I just want to say this. The reason it's important is because we need to know that God is holy, that we're sinful, and we need a Savior. And the Old Testament is God's pursuit after you and after me. Mm-hmm. And living in a world today where it's hard to feel loved and accepted and valued and always trying to measure up and get the acceptance of other people, when we can sit back and know, you know what, I am loved and I'm accepted by a holy God. Mm-hmm. I don't need your approval. I don't need the approval of others. You know, I may want it, but I don't need it. And I think that's what it means when you know that Jesus is everything and he's all that you need, then you can live a life that I think is pleasing to the Lord. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.